You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, now I think it's time. We, all right, we have a very special guest with us today. You want some, some real NFL insight? He's the host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, which is all things NFL, the Fantasy Feast Podcast, all things fantasy, and the Even Money Podcast, all things NFL betting. We have Ross Tucker in the house. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Ross. Yeah, my pleasure, Faraz. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, man. Um, you know, we actually met one time. You probably don't remember. Uh, I'm pretty sure you had a radio booth set up at Tony Romo's Fantasy Expo at the time. Uh, now it's SportsCon. If I'm not mistaken, and yeah. uh, I was, you remember that? So I, I mean, I don't know if you remember talking to me, but you remember being there. Um, I remember being there in Fort yep. Worth. Yeah, I tried that <laughs> exactly. one year. Yeah, that same for me. That was that one year, right? And I was a nobody at the time, just starting out. And you know, I remember you. You simply took out the time to have a conversation with me. You know, you gave me your two cents on a few questions that I had, just uh, you know, about the business overall. And I remember that, man. And and it's stuff like that where people like me, you know, getting started out. At the time, where people like you are, you're already very established in the sports media game. You know, former NFL player taking the time out, it really means a lot. So thanks for that. And uh, well, you, you know, know what? It really, yeah. it really means a lot that you um, just told that story and reminded me of that because um, you know I like to hear things like that, right? Of course. I, 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 I like to think I'm a good person, and I'm, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you weren't one of the guys I told to buzz off. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> nope, no, it, it might have been the guy after me because I took up so much of your time. Uh, but yeah, no, as long as for me personally, you know, it was it was a great, uh, great conversation. Um, awesome. But I, I want I wanted to get into the current landscape of the NFL, man. Let's just dive right in. I I know you're all things NFL, but you do some extra things with the Eagles, right? You know, we're about a week into camp at this point. Uh, The Eagles obviously had an amazing season last year, but I do want to dive into the offense a little bit. You know, they just acquired DeAndre Swift. They also brought in Rashad Penny uh, on a very cheap contract. I thought it was a great move on their part. But I'm looking at that backfield, you know, and I go, you know, there is a lot of talent between those two guys. If they stay healthy, you know, they can potentially turn into one of the best backfield tandems in the NFL, but the health is a big part of that, right? Um, But the Eagles have to know that these two aren't necessarily super dependable, right? Their health has been their main issue throughout their careers. They're, you know, the Eagles have been a run-focused team also. Um, And they, they did become a little bit more balanced last year after getting A.J. Brown. But, you know, given that the backfield isn't super dependable right now, and Harvey Roseman has to know that, you know, Swift, a legitimate weapon in the receiving game, is it possible that the Eagles are about to be not as dependent on the run game? Do you see that potentially happening? Maybe even go a little bit more pass heavy? What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, first of all, Jalen Hurts has lit it up in training camp so far. So it would not surprise me if they threw the ball a little bit more this year than they did last year. But they were so successful last year that they should pretty much keep trying to do exactly that um, as long as it's working. I guess the way I look at it for us is I feel like the floor for the Eagles at the running back position is Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell. And they're very comfortable with both those guys. They've both been there the last couple of years under Nick Sirianni. They've both played well at times. I mean, Gainwell had the most snaps out of all of them in the playoffs last year. Boston Scott can do his thing. So I feel like those guys represent the floor. 
And then Swift and Penny are kind of the ceiling, right? right? And it's almost like because of their health issues, it's almost like they're lottery tickets. They're, they're both on one-year deals. Um, now, I will say this. The Eagles have done a remarkable job the last two years of staying healthy. Remarkable. I mean, whatever they're doing, it is working. And so I think on some level, they look at it like, well – they got a better chance to stay healthy here than anywhere else, especially with our O-line. Secondly, unlike perhaps in Detroit or Seattle, I don't think Penny or Swift, either one of them, is going to get so many uh, touches that that they're more likely to break down. And I also think the Eagles kind of look at it like, you know what? The odds are probably that one of them gets hurt and one of them stays healthy and they're kind of okay with that. You know, I mean, I think they want them to both stay healthy, obviously. Now, from a fantasy perspective, just kind of watching practice and, and reading some of the practice reports, it certainly feels like they really like what Swift can do out of the backfield. So if you're in leagues with like a full PPR or whatever, you know, Swift has a chance to really have a nice year. On the flip side, Rashad Penny – you know, nobody's had more yards after contact than him in recent years, and nobody gets you more yards before you get contacted than the Eagles. So he has a chance if he stayed healthy. I think I said somewhere, I mean, I don't think like offensive player of the year is outside the realm of possibility, but I don't think the Eagles would let him get there because I think if they're having a lot of success with him, they'll probably try to dial him back and keep him healthy if they think he's a difference-making player. So – uh, it very much, from fantasy perspective, becomes uh, what feels like a running back by committee. Uh, but they could both have some really big games. They're, they're probably good guys for like a best ball league with each of them having some weeks where they really help you out. But I don't know if you'll get the consistency from either one of them. Yeah, yeah, I totally understand that. I mean, they don't have their, like, Miles Sanders this year, right, where, you know, they're going to ride it back, you know, for 230, you know, carries or anything like that. So I, I totally understand that point of view. But DeAndre Swift, you know, this is an interesting wrinkle that they've added into this offense, right? And it seems like from from what I've read uh, from training camp is that they are deploying him, you know, outside. They are deploying him, you know, all over the place. And Rashad Penny was even quoted as saying that, you know, he – this. He hasn't seen this many route trees uh, for for the running back position, uh, and and Sirianni even said that you know they their offense is based off of the skill and the players that they have right now. So it, I'm really curious to see how they deploy Swift because he does definitely have a lot of upside, and Rashad Penny too going in the tenth round of, of fantasy drafts right now. So uh, you know n not a whole lot you have to spend up for some upside. Um, yeah, so let's switch a little bit um, to the rest of the NFL landscape. Again, you know, we're about a week into training camp right now. We're hearing some good news on a few players we're interested in fantasy across, like, across the league, like Darren Waller in New York, easily looking like Daniel Jones' favorite target, Dalton Kincaid, the rookie, apparently extremely involved in the first-team offense, being targeted by Allen quite a bit. Um, are there any names around the league that you've heard about just just that have piqued your interest over the last week or so made you think their you know but stock has potentially increased uh, in their particular offense and you know in turn potentially in fantasy as well? Yeah, I mean I I think uh you had a good name there with Darren Waller. Uh I still think he's a really unique player and I'm still not very impressed. 
by what we see from the, the Giants receiving core. And so I think there's a lot of potential there for Waller, especially in the play-action passing game, especially in the middle of the field, where it wouldn't surprise me at all if he led the Giants in receiving. It feels like this is an offense in which the like almost old school, in which the tight end and the running backs uh, can lead them in, in catches. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Waller and Saquon Barkley are one, two in some way, shape, or form in terms of their receptions this year, and that the Giants are still successful with them doing it that way. So that's certainly something that jumped out. Um, you know, I too have seen what you you've seen about Dalton Kincaid, and it, it really sounds like he's going to be their slot receiver. And yeah. so, you know, there's a lot of talk of him being on the field at the same time as Dawson Knox. And so that's pretty encouraging that you might be able to get slot receiver production from a guy that you draft at tight end with the caveat being there's not a great track record for rookie tight ends in the NFL putting up numbers for fantasy. So that's, that's a little bit concerning, um, especially when there's also all these reports that, you know, Gabe Davis is, this is going to be his breakout year, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, on some level, it's like, okay, well, how many, you know, how many guys are going to have their put up big numbers, especially when we know Stephon Diggs isn't going to be happy if he's not getting uh, a, a, a large amount of touches. And for us, with them signing Latavius Murray and Damian Harris and bringing in guards like Connor McGovern or Cyrus Torrance, I actually think they want to run it more. I, I think they right. want to be take the pressure off Josh Allen a little bit more. So there's only one ball, bro. I don't know how they're going to do all that. Yeah, and you have James Cook too, potentially, you know, being very involved uh, in the receiving game. You know, Devin Singletary not there anymore, and his his bread and butter. You know, similarly, like we talked about with with uh, DeAndre Swift, like they're going to potentially move to actually throwing the running back the ball. Uh, I think this year, uh, you know, with him as their potentially, you know, it seems like he's going to be their clear RB one this year. But I do agree that they have some bigger backs there, especially around the goal line. I don't know if they want to have Josh Allen take all those hits, you know, at the goal line anymore. So I, I, I do, I do like those names. Um, we we talked earlier about the Eagles, you know, obviously getting AJ Brown. It allowed them to shift their offensive philosophy just a little bit. And it helped Jalen Hurts reach another level, right? Now, the Bears brought in DJ Moore, okay? Not the same type of player as A.J. Brown, but a very good you know, NFL number one wide receiver. And the word is that him and Justin Fields are building some great chemistry, right? And my question to you is, like, do you think that this move, you know, getting him and Fields, you know, getting Darnell Mooney back and Chase Claypool healthy, he has a solid tight end and Cole Komet, like, do you think Fields – can take his overall game to the next level uh, in a, maybe not at the same level as Jalen Hurts did, but maybe, you know, in a similar fashion. Well, I, I think he'll be better. I think the offensive line, I mean, they've done a lot to help him out, right? I mean, you bring in Darnell Wright to play right tackle. You have Nate Davis to play right guard. It should be a much, much better um, offensive line for the Bears, and then you have D.J. Moore, which they desperately needed after the Chase Claypool trade, which is just a disaster. I mean, oh yeah, just a disaster. And it, and it doesn't sound like it's getting better. Uh, kudos, I guess, to um, 
Claypool for realizing it's the biggest year of his life and he needs to play well and all those things. At least he recognizes um, the sense of urgency that he needs to have. But I don't know, man. I I, I still kind of feel like um, DJ Moore will be the guy that gets more of the touches. I expect Fields to maybe be halfway between what he was last year and what Hertz was able to accomplish. Um, which would be awesome. Which would be awesome. Which would be I great. Mean, yeah. And by the way, nobody, I don't even know if Jalen Hurts' family knew or realized he would play that well <laughs> last year. I mean, he so was he was fantastic. And obviously that that surprised a lot of people. Yeah, 100 percent And I think I think I, I agree with you. Jalen Hurts, I mean, I'm sorry, Justin Fields finished as a QB five last year in fantasy. Okay. And that was with the a really, really bad you know passing offense and just like horrific passing game right and and if he could just step that up just a little bit and then still have the the rushing yards and the rushing touchdown to complement that man like top five <laughs> might be his his floor uh for fantasy this season um so just last last topic here we we've had a lot going on in denver lately you know uh they just had two wide receivers go down tim patrick another brutal injury dude like Achilles tear right after he was making his way back from the ACL tear, tear just brutal for him. Um, and then you had KJ Hamler who got waived, um, you know, with the intentions of potentially bringing him back in. He has a little bit of a heart issue that he's going to get sorted out. Could only take a couple weeks uh, potentially. So that would be good. But I think we should be really paying attention to the second round rookie wide receiver, Marvin Mims out of Oklahoma, who could see some extra opportunity here in camp. I think he's a little bit of a sleeper, but Sean Payton making those comments about the coaching disaster last year, you know, he's coming in and trying to save the day uh, in Denver. Do you think he will save the day? Do you think he can revive Russell Wilson? You know, that the Russell Wilson that we've seen over the last 10 seasons, you know, prior to his, you know, really, really terrible year last year. Um, he was just a completely different quarterback. Yeah, you know, I think, Faraz, I'm going to use the same line I just used with Justin Fields, which is I think Russell Wilson will probably get about halfway between how bad he was last year and what he used to be in Seattle. I, I don't think we're going to see Seattle Russ again because yeah. I don't think he moves as well. I don't think he's as explosive. However, I think Sean Payton recognizes that and – is going to design the offense around him being able to be better in, in the pocket, get rid of the ball quickly. So I think he'll be – I mean, look, he was always a top 10 quarterback in Seattle. At, at, for a lot of times, he was top five. Last year, I mean, he was bottom five. Yeah. Definitely bottom 10 in the NFL. So the way I would describe it for us, I think he'll be between the 10th to 20th best quarterback in the NFL. I don't think he'll be top 10. I don't think he'll be bottom 10. I think he'll be in the middle, which would be enough for Denver to be a lot better. Right. No, 100%. And, you know, they're going to have to depend on him a little bit because Javante Williams coming back from a, a pretty bad, you know, ACL injury plus all the other stuff that he tore. Um, so I don't know how much they can depend on the run game. They brought some AJP Ryan in. But, you know, this this a lot of this offense might be on Russell Wilson's shoulders. But I do agree, you know, those sh the short passing game with Jerry Judy and, and Greg Dulcich uh, can definitely help as well. So th with that being said, Ross, I, I really, really appreciate you coming on, man. Um, this was awesome. Really appreciate your time. Um, by the way, guys, you can catch Ross on the Ross Tucker football podcast as well as several others. He's at Ross Tucker NFL 
on Twitter and you can find all of his stuff going on over there. Thanks again, Ross. I really appreciate it, man. Faraz, uh, my, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Feel free to have me on anytime. And thank you again for the kind words. You know, you probably thought, do I bring it up? Do I not bring it up? I'm really glad you did bring it up. Number one, so all of your audience thinks I'm a nice guy. But number two, <laughs> it just reinforces uh, that I'm, uh, I'm hopefully uh, doing the right thing in life. And so that meant a lot to me. That made my day, man. Thank you very much. Awesome. Awesome. That's, that's good to hear, man. I, I appreciate all right. it. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right. Sounds great. See you. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 